Yeah, and that one was like, man, I mean, he's gone on to university and you, and you grew up right now and, and you, you, you know, your brother just completed medical school. And your mother said, so what do you want to become? Because she's thinking, obviously, if one is a doctor, you obviously want to be a lawyer. And, and you say, you know what? I want to be a dancer. No, if, if you're a certain kind of believer, oh, blah, 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 and they begin to cast demons out of you. Because only the devil could make you want to be a barber. Don't you see? I mean, your father is a doctor, your brother is a doctor, and I, I'm a nurse. And you want to be a barber? A barber? And that child is, you treat them not based on their potential but based on your preference. What, what if, just imagine if you sent both parents, rejected him. For, for the stone that the builder, chief cornerstone. God has a plan for every family. Amen? In fact, here's how it says it in Genesis chapter 18. This is God speaking to Abraham. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. So all nations on earth will be blessed through Abraham. And here's why. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So God says, I've chosen Abraham and every nation of the earth will be blessed through Abraham. But here is how that blessing will come. Abraham is responsible for directing his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord. And they must do what is right and just. And when they do what is right and just, God will bring about what he has promised. So God chose Abraham and he gave him some promises. And in order for God's promises to be fulfilled, Abraham will have to direct his children and his household in fulfilling what God asked them to do. What does that mean for you and I? You see, we have a responsibility to direct our families in the way of the Lord. And then that way we inherit the Abrahamic blessings and promises. You can't claim the promise if you can't fulfill what the promise requires. There are some things that you must do. You can't get what Abraham had if you're not doing what Abraham did. So what did Abraham have to do? He had to direct his children in the way of the Lord. As parents, mothers and fathers, we must begin to direct our children in the way of the Lord and teach them what is right and what is just. Why do I have to do that? Because parenting is not a light responsibility. It's, it's, in fact, I believe parenting is one of the highest calling in life. Parenting is one of the it's one of those things that you're not going to get away from in terms of giving God an account for. Watch it. And here's why. Here's why it's so important. In Psalm 127, the Bible kind of gives us a little highlight and it, 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 it speaks to, it gives us God's heart about children. So let me tell you about, you understand children. Children are God's possession. That's what the scripture says. Children are a heritage from the Lord. 
Children are God's possession. And so the term heritage in Psalm 1, uh, 27 verse 3, it means property or possession. So children are God's property. So if you're sitting beside a parent, say, Mommy, I am God's property. When you go home, parents, they can say, listen, you are God's property. That's what the Bible says. You are God's property. And it, it, what it refers to is the ancestral property that we inherit from our father, fathers. So children are the Lord's possession. They are the Lord's property. And God assigns them to be grown under a parent's care. So let me help you with that. When you go and rent a car, it does not belong to you. It belongs to the, the car rental company. It is their property. But you have to take care of the car. In fact, you have to sign an agreement before you can get the car. And when you bring back the car, they check the car. And when they check the car, here's what happens. If anything happens to the car, the agreement that you signed when you were taking the car will be used against you so that it will say, listen, here's what happened, here's what happened. You, you hit the car and the agreement says your deposit you won't be getting back. So how you take care of the car is very important because it is not your own. It is better not to rent it. In other words, when it comes down to our children because it's better not to have a child than to have a child and not Take care of God's property. That is why I have a problem with men who don't take care of their children. Because they are not their children. They are God's property. And I have a problem with women who don't take care of their children. Because it's God's property. And if it is God's property, it means that one day, you're going to have to give an account. So if you're young right now, I want you to consider this very, very, very seriously. Do you want to put yourself in a position where you have to take care of something or someone else outside of yourself on behalf of God? Because if you're not ready for that, then don't have children. So our children belong to God. We are just caretakers. I think we need to stop calling ourselves parents. And call ourselves caretakers. Because parenting, like the word parent make you feel nice. Like you're, you know, you're a big shot and something. You understand me? But, but when somebody say you're a caretaker, it seems like a very lowly position. Because nobody wants to be called um, caretaker. Everybody wants to call mommy. And daddy, because it sounds so fancy. You get caught up in that whole thing, not understand that really you are just a caretaker. And we have to take care of the children, God's possession, diligently. Diligently, because God is going to ask you, what happened? And when you, when you rent that car and you go about, listen, you can't keep it longer than you're supposed to. When you bring it back, they will call the police on you. Lawyer. Listen, you're getting all kind of problems if anything goes wrong. I put it to you that when you go before God, that's what's going to happen with our children. And here's why. Because your child is an assignment from God. The biggest assignment you have as a, as, as a, as a person is the assignment called your child. 
That's your spiritual assignment. Children are not just God's possession. Children are a reward. And what I mean by that is that when you have a child, you have been rewarded. No, you say, well, Pastor, I don't know if you have a reward because me never really. You were rewarded. Your work was rewarded. It's a reward. It means that, it means that listen, the Bible says, offspring, a reward from him. It means that when you have the ability to reproduce, it's a reward. You should be happy. And that is why back in those days, people used to have a whole heap of children because they like to be rewarded regularly. But these days, things are changing. People, people don't like many rewards. You understand me? They just want to be rewarded once or twice. <laughs> what, what does reward mean? Reward means gift of appreciation or pleasure or joy. Your child is is, is a gift of appreciation from God to you. You have to appreciate them and love them. Now, they may not be the brightest. You may not think that they are the most good looking. Listen, but they are a gift from God. You may not be getting along with the father, but the ch- that, that's not the child's business. That's your mistake. Amen? If the father is, quote unquote, like you'd say, dirty, it don't mess up the child. Because the child is from the Lord. You just ask the wrong person to help you take care of the child. It's just like when you're renting a car. You can't give a print of the car to drive when you rent it. You can't try that with your car. So when you go, when God is going to give you a child, you have to make sure that you don't get a print Because the print will mess up things. And leave you with all of the responsibility. That is why we have so many single parents. But the child is not from the father. The child is from the father. Amen? Listen, because children are never to be viewed as a sign of God's displeasure or his punishment for man's sin. In other words, and I've heard this and many of you have gone through this. And felt this. Listen, boy, I mean, I tell you, say, just because I was fornicating and God punished me, I make you born. There are many people who say these things to their children. Like God is, God, the, the, the child is God's punish them for, for punishment to them for their sin. Child is not no punishment from God. God is not trying to. It's not a sign of God's displeasure. It's God's reward because the fruit of the womb is a trophy of God's love. So wise parents and grandparents take pleasure in children. Amen? Now I'm going to help those of you who don't have any children yet and want children. And those of you who don't want to have children, listen. You need, hey, children, listen. When I, when I walk with my sons, I get more attractive and appealing. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. Like, like, if I want to get through in any line, I just bring the both of them with me. <laughs> I understand and say, you know, begin talk to them and say, sir, come up, come up front, come up front. I get promotion when I walk with them. And listen, I'm in a store yesterday, um, and um, saying, so I was saying, um, boy, you know, happy Mother's Day. I was just saying, you know, just saying happy Mother's Day to, to all the ladies. And some were saying, no, don't tell me that because I'm not a mother. Right, and that's fine. 
And then he saw this lady. I said, Happy Mother's Day. And she said, Happy Mother's Day to you too. So I said, so I said, I said, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. I love hearing that because I'm a mother to my sons as well. I'm seeing right, so I'm there and think, and I mean, it feels so good. And here's the thing, she started telling me all her problems. She said, boy, me wish me did have a mother like her, you, you know, because, and, and because I'm media by all them things. So it made me feel good that I had sons. <laughs> Don't know about that. <laughs> right? But, but, but here's the thing, not only that, but every child is unique. Unique. Hebrews eleven twenty three. speaking of Moses, said this. Uh, it says this. By, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and were not afraid of the king's edict. Meaning, the king sent out something, they were going to kill all the firstborns. They hid Moses because they didn't want him to die. But Moses' parents considered him beautiful, a special child. They already had two children, Aaron and Miriam. But the king's edict was against Moses. But the parents found him beautiful. In other words, they said, man, Moses is beautiful. But here's the thing. Moses couldn't talk. So though Moses was beautiful, and you don't hear if Aaron was or Miriam was. You see, you see, Aaron was to be a prophet unto Moses. Or his mouthpiece. So he was unique in his own way. So you see, the, the scripture says Moses is beautiful. How do you know which of your child is beautiful? Which one is talented and which one is smart? Now, this is a big thing and you need to write this down. If you, listen, here's, here's the answer. Every child is beautiful. Every child is talented. And every child is smart. Well, you're going to say, Pastor, how, how come one graduate from university and one drop out of school and, um, and you call him um, smart? You see, smart is different from being educated. Because you have some educated people who are not smart. Academically, they have all the stuff. But they can't use the stuff to produce and manufacture anything. You know that there are many people who have dropped out of school and are the billionaires? You, you know some of them. Bill Gates. There you go. So, 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 so here, here's the thing. Smart doesn't mean... I do well in school. It means that I use the gift that God has given me to maximize my potential. And that is why in today's society, listen, your child could use a phone and never go to school and be a billionaire. No, no, school is important. School is important. Very important. But you don't have to go to school. To be all that God wants you to be. And call it to be. I'm not saying that. I mean, if all of us went to university and were doctors and lawyers, then who would work in the banks? Who would teach our students? Who would cut here? Who would do here? Who would design clothes? Who would make robots? Who would do all of those things? Yeah, who'd clean your house? Who'd clean the streets? No, here's what you do. Now, if you have a son who, who says to you, I want to be a barber, all he can see is cutting here. As a parent, you need to see the vision. What you should see is a franchise 
all over the world that provide proper health care. That's what you should see as a parent. And you help that child to maximize their potential and don't try to diminish them by saying that you need to go to medical school. Amen? So every child is beautiful. And if you are unable to love your children equally, uh, every child is beautiful. Every child is uniquely formed by God. And if you are unable to love your children equally and treat them special, it is, it is the heathen mindset. I, I treat my sons with the same amount of love. But I, I can't treat them the same way. You see, you have two sons, right? Uh, this morning, up to this point, the eldest one, I have to fix his clothes. Because, I mean, the, the, it's automatic that his shirt comes out of his pants. I don't know what happened. No matter what you do, it comes out. Right? And he doesn't really, it doesn't bother him. It like, I mean, he could come to church. If you said, we are going to church, he'll just grab on a shirt, anything. And he'll put on a slippers. He don't, it don't matter to him. He don't care what you say. He don't business about you as long as he has his own thing doing. He, he don't, the other one, listen. I can't put him in a black belt and a brown shoes. He's not coming to church. Right? I mean, if he, you can ask any one of the ushers at the church, if his shirt comes out of his pants, somebody going to have to help him tuck it back in. Because he's so uncomfortable. No, I can't treat them the same way. But oftentimes I will do that. And it is, it is wrong. Because they are unique. Amen. And we, we need to appreciate that, right? So secondly, is that kingdom parenting is to revolve the family around the centrality of God. God must be the center of the focus of our families in Jamaica and in the church. You see, uh, verse 4 for a text says, We will not hide from them. From their descendants, we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. We have a responsibility of teaching this generation the things of God so they can pass it on to the next generation. If we don't do it, then what is going to happen? And it is one of the problems in our society today. Many of us are from this generation where our grandparents and our God parent would, would teach us the scriptures because at that point you, you, you see you had no other alternative because church was it there weren't many movie theaters there weren't many football parks and stuff like that so all you had to do was church on your yard and school at that time i mean you never had a lot of activities at school so devotion was longer and people spent time so now you don't have that you have to take on the responsibility of teaching your children so that it can continue from generation to generation. If the children are not the highest value of church, God is. They are not little gods. Anything that comes before God, God will remove. So don't put your child before God because they may need to be removed. God should be the number one priority of the parents. Yes, children are precious. Children are God's possession. Children are a reward from God. And they are special. But children are not the highest value God is. And for that case, even your husband or your, or your wife, that relationship is not the number one priority. See, God comes above spouse and he comes above children. So godly parenting revolves the family around the centrality of God. And what that means is that godly parenting is to teach God's word. We are to teach the testimonies of God to our children. 
you have to teach your children. Psalm 78, verse 5. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. They, in turn, would tell their children. It's a God as a law, the word of God. And we have that teaching in a book. It's called the Bible. And if God is more important than anything, then the Bible is more important than anything. You can take the word of God and teach your children to live moral life and godly life. In fact, here is how Deuteronomy says it. Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. So I want you to remember this. The first thing, if you're a parent, you have to sit in your, your house with your children and have conversation. Every parent must sit in their house and have... You need to sit down and talk to your children. Don't be in your room and send messages on your phone. Don't WhatsApp them. Don't text them and say, oh, no, they're busy. Let me send them something on WhatsApp. Hi, you're doing all right? What are you doing up in your room and thing? Thing all right? All right, well, we are about to have dinner now. Come down, all right, eat. You can go back up. You want me to bring your dinner for you? And it, it, you have to sit down. At le Listen, at least once a week, you need to have a sit down with your children. One-on-one, -on -one, heart to heart, and talk to them. That's what the Bible says. Sit down and talk. It says not only that. And when you walk, by the way, in other words, you, you need to walk with your children. Take them to a walk and say, listen, we're going to walk and talk. Let's walk down to the beach. Let's walk over to the park. But you need to walk and talk with them. It means that you're going to take them along the way. It means that you're going to take them, when you're going to bring them into the town. And you see, you see those places over there? It's, you know, why so you go over there? No? You, you understand me? You see, that kind of thing is what those practices are not good practices. I'm going to walk and teach you. See how all those people dress and the kind of attention that it brings to them and stuff. So you're teaching them as you see life examples and stuff. In other words, you walk with them and say, listen, I'm going to walk with you on your first date. I'm going to show you. Listen, you see, you're going to say to your daughter, listen, this is how, you see how I treat you? Is how that guy who's going to take you on your first date is supposed to treat you. He, if he doesn't open the door for you, red flag. All right? So you, you make sure you buy three... You buy three flags for her, right? And say, listen, if it's three flags, you know that it's over. Right? So if he doesn't speak to your parent, red flag. That's the first one. If he doesn't call and ask permission from your parents, red flag. Or if, if, he, if he gets permission, he comes, and then he sit down and wait until you come in, red flag. And say, ah, three flags. You're out. And you wait on the next one. Wrong person. But you're going to have to do it. Same thing with your son. Me and your son is 16 years old and a girl like him. And, and send, you look on him phone and you say, please, please send me $200 credit. Red flag. <laughs> Listen, you ain't using my money. To build your relationship. When, listen, you can't give no credit because I give you credit. So you have no credit. It's my money that you use to put the credit on your phone. You can't give nobody credit. Red flag. You're going you, you to have to 
what, mother, you have to take your sons out. Show them how to walls and dance. You, you can't let a young lady take out your son before you. That's how you walk with them. Then the scripture says, I know this one is going to feel, um, this is when they are young. It says, and when you lie down, it means that you're supposed to sleep with them. So, so when they're young, you're going to their room and you sleep with them and you read with them and you pray with them and, 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 and stuff. And it says, when you rise up, you teach them the word. So if you have to teach your children the Bible, you first have to learn the word of God. Because you can't teach what you don't know. So if I do all of those good stuff faster, what are the results? If, I, if I'm this godly parent, what are the results? All right? Kingdom parenting results in children putting their confidence in God. And what we need today are children who are putting their confidence in God. That children at their young age who are believing and trusting in God. Verse, verse 7 of the same text says this, of Psalm 78. Then they would put their trust in God. It's saying that if you teach your children, here is what the result will be. If you teach them, if you do these things, your children will put their trust in God. And they will not forget his deeds, but they will keep his commandments. It means that all of those things that you're, you're telling your child, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, do this, do that. The scripture says, if you teach them the word of God, then they will put their trust in God and they will not forget his deeds and they will keep his commandments. It says, they would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation. When you see stubborn and rebellious teaching, you have to check the parents. Stubborn and rebellious children, you have to check the parents' teaching. Says stubborn and a rebellious generation whose heart were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to Him. When we don't teach our children, these are the results. They will become rebellious, their hearts are not loyal to God, and they are not faithful to God. I'm telling you, that sounds like what's happening in Jamaica. Rebellious generation. I mean, more and more, like, like the persons committing some of the crimes in our country are getting younger because there's nobody here teaching them the word of God. You see, you see, the knowledge of God does not lead them to self-sufficiency, but trust, but their trust and confidence in God. It's not that they believe that they can live life on their own, but they begin to understand that, man, I can trust in God. I can lean on Him, and God will direct the affairs of my life. So when our children are confident in God, they will follow the commandments of God. And that's what as parents we have to do. You have to help your children to have confidence in God. And that is teaching them the word of God. You have to get a Bible. So, so I, 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 I bought a very nice Bible for my son. And he doesn't want to read the Bible. Right? So what he has done, he has left the Bible at church. Um, so it has been... Um, so he figured that Daddy, I come to church on Sundays. So if I need the Bible on a Sunday, it's better for the Bible to be at church. So he has left the Bible at church for a few months now. Right? Um, but but he, still does, he still has to do his devotion. So we have his devotions with him. But here's what I tell him. Any day I need you to find something in the Bible, you're going to have to find a Bible. Or is it going to be in problems? 
and I'm not, I don't care where you want to leave it. You can leave it anywhere. I'm not responsible for where you leave the Bible. What I'm responsible for is that when I want a response from the Bible, you can give me. So it's up to you. If you think church is the place to keep it, then remember what is in it. Because all I want to know is that when you need to respond to me from the Bible, you know what to respond. So it's still there. So I suspect <laughs> he knows what to say. Amen. But, but kingdom parenting, it comes with some responsibility, church. If you want to be a kingdom parent, understand that there are some responsibilities, right? Though this is Mother's Day, let me help the fathers. The scripture says in Ephesians 6 verse 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. And then in Colossians, Paul also said, Colossians 3 verse 21, Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Now I'm going to help you to understand um, Paul when he wrote this letter um, to the Ephesians. He addressed only fathers. Because in Paul's days, especially among non-Christians and non-Jewish households, the father was like a dictator. And so he had a choice on which child to love and which child to ignore. That was the culture at that time. So under Roman law, and the Roman Empire was, was imperial. They were in charge. They were running things. They had the Jews under their control, right? And so the Roman Empire, um, they, uh, at the Roman law, a father had power of life and death over his children. That, that was by law. So when a child was born, it was placed at the father's feet. And if the father picked up the newborn baby, it would be accepted into the household. If he turned and walked away, it was disposed of. And, and that is where what you call abortion comes from. Though the child was born. It is from there because it was a Roman thing. That was a culture at that time. Right? So in the first century, the father made a decision and the mother had no say. Therefore, whatever Paul wanted to instruct parents, he addressed to the father keeping in mind the society at that time. Amen? See, so you understand? So though it says father, it was because of who Paul was addressing. But in today's context, the Bible holds the father and the mother responsible for raising the child, our children. In other words, it's not 50-50. You are 100% and I'm 100%. We are both responsible to the same degree for raising up the children. It's not one provide the money and one cook the food. So what does kingdom parenting mean? It means do not exasperate or embitter your children. And by exasperate, it means to make your child very angry or to annoy greatly. Do not annoy your children. Right? If you're a parent, don't, don't annoy them. And I know you think you're not annoying. You're just being um, strict. Um, but don't be annoying. You know like when you're watching TV and you don't want them to disturb you? Sometimes when they're watching TV, Don't disturb them. 
You know when you're on your phone and you don't want them to disturb you? When they're on their phone, don't disturb them. In other words, if you want to teach a child not to disturb you, then don't teach them by disturbing them. <laughs> teach them by allowing them to disturb you. If, if you, you understand me? And you, you do it that way. Say, okay then, you disturb me. And I will be permitted to disturb you. But you can't tell him, do not disturb me. But when I want to, I can disturb you. And I know you don't agree with me, right? But, but that's fine. That, that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. Do not annoy your children. Because listen, what are going to do? You're going to turn them away from you. And many, many, I want to talk to you. Don't bother me right now. Don't you see I am washing. I'm cooking. Look how you made me burn up the rice. They did not make you burn up the rice. The stove burned up the rice. You should have turned it down or turned it off. If a child wants to talk to you and we see all of these things and you, we push them away. And then when problems arise and we try to rescue them, we try to get them to come and talk back to us. But when they were seeking your attention, you had no time. To embitter means to make your child angry over an extended period of time. Right? Once they start getting angry, you need to have conversation. Say conversation with me. Conversation. It means you talk, they listen. And they talk. Come on, tell the person beside you, you can listen to children. Listen, even if you are wrong, listen to them. And then you tell them what is right. Listen. It's very hard sometimes to listen to my son. Because everything is a story. <laughs> yes, that sounds like somebody you know. <laughs> so what, what do I mean by that? Man, if you ask him, Jason, what are you doing with the car? In your pocket. Don't I tell you not to take cars? Well, Daddy, what happened? On my way to church, I saw the car in the car. I don't, and I just didn't think it was a good idea to leave it in the car unless something happened. So I said I was going to take it out. And then I took it out. I was going to talk to you, know, but then I put it in my pocket. And then I put it in my pocket. I, I'm telling you, this is what is in between service. I'm saying, Nathan, it's in between service. Right? It's in between. But he's having this long conversation. So I said, Jonathan, does this make sense? And I said, no, daddy, it don't make no sense. <laughs> I said, thank you. But, but here's the thing. Here's what I've done. I've created the environment where he feels like he can talk to me. You have to create the environment where children feel and believe that they can come and have open conversation with you. And it's no pressure. And it's no problem. And if you're not having that, you're going to have problems. Or you're already having problems. So how do you embitter your children? Let me help you. Right? By, by never giving them a chance to take chances. Listen, it's okay if they fail. Because you're not a failure. You don't want them to make mistakes. But sometimes you have to allow them to make mistakes and learn from them. Right? And I'm sorry that I'm using my kids. But, but I've allowed my son to watch TV. And then when he had his spelling, he got less than he normally got. I said, yes, man. I said, yes, man. That. Listen, because I know that 
him failing something in grade 2 won't affect his future but it teaches him a lesson from grade 2 that when he gets to grade 6 he realizes that TV is secondary but if I don't allow him to fail now he will never know and in grade 6 he's going to still want to watch TV and at that point I can't afford for him to fail you have to know when to allow your children to fail and let them learn from their failures. You, you, you embitter them by favoritism, favoring one kid or one child over the other, by comparing your kids with, with one another, or, or pushing them beyond their reasonable bounds. Meaning, but boy, I mean, yeah, man, I mean, I've seen fathers do this, right? The son don't wear left foot from his right foot, and they call him big baller. They buy the most expensive football shoes, the expensive football gears, and all kind of things. And I mean, in came to the football field, hey, you have to give my son a chance, you know, hey, a big baller. He can't even control. Don't, don't do that. And, and the child don't want to play in the football. The man just want to play on his phone. So leave him. Don't, don't push them to become something that they don't want to. Always treating them, and next to embitter them, embitter them is always treating them like they're intruding on your life. Kingdom parenting also um, is, is disciplining your child, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to wrap up quickly. Disciplining your child, right? You have to discipline your children. Discipline is important. Moreover, Hebrews 12, 9 to 10. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirit, spirits and live? They disciplined us for a, a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. So if God disciplines us, then our earthly father can. Proverbs 23, 13 to 14. Remember these verses. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with a rod, they will not die. Alright, now, this, your, belt is not a, your belt is not a rod. You know the scripture says, Thy rod and thy staff... They comfort me. Whatever you're using is not to abuse them, it's to comfort them. The rod that you use must comfort them. Say, Pastor, how that work? Because my rod, you probably think like your rod, is your right hand. And, 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 and this is no comfort. Right? Listen, do not physically abuse children. I know, I know, listen, I know we have um, Sisoka here this morning and I don't want to be arrested well let me tell you this my rod is my right hand and I use my rod to bring comfort to my son and I love him it don't change how I feel about him but his rod and his staff comfort I take him out of discomfort with my rod and I bring him into a place of comfort. Like this is a safe place to live in. Because in this God will be glorified in you. Out here is discomfort. I can't leave you in discomfort. Because you're going to make mistake. You're going to fail. And you will be the toy of the devil. So guess what? The rod has to bring you in. You're in discomfort. You're going to parties. And you're going out. And you're coming out of the house. Alright? The rod has to come in. And bring you in. 
right? You're telling lies and stuff and your life is in danger. You're opening spiritual doors over your life. The rod has to bring you in. The scripture says, punish them with the rod and save them from death. That's what I'm saying. If you leave them out there, they're going to die. All right. I don't want to give you one scripture because then you will think it's just only one scripture. Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever spears the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. All right. Well, well, that's one of our old one, Pastor. We want, to, we want something nicer. All right. I'll give you something nicer. Proverbs 8, 19, verse 18. Discipline your children. For in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. It means that when you don't discipline your children, you're encouraging their passing. That is why we have so many young people dying in our country. Because there's nobody at home applying discipline. Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights of your desire. I, I, I add a part to this, you know. You know, add a takeaway, but are they will give a torment to your soul if you don't discipline them? So discipline them in the Lord. Never discipline your child without teaching a lesson. Because the, listen, the rod comforts; the rod don't teach. You have to teach in discipline. Here is why I'm doing this. So I tell my sons, tell me the truth. Because either way, you're going, to be, you're going to be punished. If you do something wrong, I'm punishing you because you do wrong. So even if you tell me the truth, I'm still going to punish you. Right? So you turn on the TV when you shouldn't. Tell me you turn on the TV. I'm still going to punish you. But it's just that if you tell me a lie, the punishment is going to be worse. Because now I'm going to have to punish you for lying. And then I'm going to punish you for turning on the TV. So you're getting double for your trouble. I, I, I want to give you a singular, not plural. You know what I mean? That's what I want to do. So discipline them. Discipline your children in moral values. Kingdom parenting is praying for your children. Pray that your children receive Jesus Christ. That they grow in love, in honesty, in integrity, in purity, and in mercy. Hallelujah. Kingdom parenting is also being a good role model. And also being a good road model. Right? So you are a good role model. And, and, and listen, and outside of their presence, when you're out on the road or wherever, you are also a good model. That when they hear about you, when they hear about you and they hear about their parents, they are still proud of you. That when people speak about you in the presence of your children, they don't have to wonder, no, that can't be my mother. Because my mother, I never hear my mother curse yet. And then you, you hear that she go down by the school and she tells somebody peace of her mind. Always know your, your children are watching you. And you need to be good role models to your kids. <laughs> like me, I always feel like, Nathan is watching me. So, so be very careful, right? What you do, they're always watching, right? Listen, kids are so good, right? My kids keep me sharp because 
they have my phone. And, and anything they see on my phone, they just talk out. Dad, Daddy, what is this? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Who is this? You? Um, oh, you were talking to this person. You just call them, yeah? Well, what? And, and they talk very loud. I mean, very loud. <laughs> so they just take it up and they just scroll through. Oh, Daddy, you are playing this game on your phone. And they, like that, right? So here's what happened. I am glad for that. Because they keep me accountable. Alright, so you're planning to give me like some, some hide and seek call. Just know that my son's going to call out your name, right? <laughs> just let you know, right? So you provide your child an example and identity, moral and social values. And spend time with your children. And let them see a godly example in you. Amen? If we don't spend time with them, their friends will. And their friends will begin to shape their values. And school will shape their values. And and, 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 and internet will shape their values and all of those things. So I want to end by, by, by just giving two things about children because we speak a lot about parents. But in the kingdom of God and in God's plan for the family, they are responsibility for children. Not just the little one, but some of us who our parents are still alive. And, and when you see what the Bible says about, in almost every context, it speaks about children, it speaks about parents. Our parents, it speaks about children. So there are two things I want to help children with. Some of us young and some of us old. Children are under the parents' authority. Some of us never handled this well. Some of us, when we were younger, we were rebellious. And we have never gone back to our parents and said, you know what? I apologize. I've learned some things today and I realize how I was acting in my teenage years was in direct rebellion to you. Until you do that, the lid cannot be lifted off your life. There's something that keeps you bound until you can break that cycle. You have to go back to your parents and apologize to them when you come into truth that you were rebellious against them. That scripture, children always remember two authorities, right? First God and then your parents. I'm going to add to that because this is important. As a parent, you cannot facilitate rebellious children of your own or allow other rebellious children to be a part of your house. In other words, no child should come to your house if they are rebelling against their parents and feel comfort there. No girl can leave her mother's house and come stay with your son and her mother don't know. And you permit it. You cannot facilitate rebellion. Young people, one of the worst things you can do is rebel. The person who rebel is a witchcraft worker. And a witchcraft worker tried to control and dictate things. That's what the Bible says. The sin of rebellion is like witchcraft. It means you're working witchcraft. You're trying to control things that you have no control over. You're manipulative and you're manipulating things. Rebellion is not when you're in the person's presence. It's wherever you are. It means that if your mother says, listen, do not go on the phone. You're not supposed to use the phone. Every time you do that and you go on the phone, you're in rebellion. You're not sinning just against your parents. You're sinning against God. And it's a serious thing. So let me help some of you young ladies. Are the dancers there gone? You, you, you just WhatsApp them this for me. All of these young dancers. Listen, if you're talking to some guy, and your parents say, who are you talking to? Why are you always talking to this person? Don't let me see you texting them again. Don't change your name to Divine Destiny. When the person's name was David Dobson, you change it to Divine Destiny, and you put DD in there, and then when you're sending the messages, you put like BRB. KMT. 
Give me some more of them. I don't even know something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents in room. Don't, 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 don't use those codes in and, and feel like, okay, well, they don't, they don't know. So I have, listen, it's sin against God. Right? You have some big car on it, like it's not the person and pictures and stuff. It's sin against God. Amen. Here's why. Because it is God who placed this authority. And you have to respect that authority. Now, I spoke about this. And I'm going to give you. And this is my personal testimony. Now, my mother, she has passed. I love my mother. And I know my mother loves me. She loves me. She loves me. And I love her dearly. She has passed. But here's one of the issues I used to have. Now, my mother was what we'd call a real gangster girl. You know, she used to drink, smoke with the side of her mouth and thing. And I mean, I, I was petrified by her. Like, my, my mother hits for everything. Boy, they hear me, I call you, bow. Why you walk so slow? Why you walk so fast? I rush you, I rush me. <laughs> like, I'm like, hello, what, what am I supposed to do? Walk fast, walk slow right here now. What am I supposed to do? Right? Hey, hey, sit down. Why you sit down like that? Stand up back and sit down again. Like, like. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, right. So, she would say like, 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 she has never come to anything at school. Because I feel like if I, I'll invite my mother, she will go walk come to school. How many boys are Omar? Come Omar. <laughs> and, and the thing so here's what my father came to I'm serious everything even my graduation I told my father don't, don't. <laughs> so she didn't come to my graduation because I feel like if my shirt was out of my pants it would be a scene if I had a problem at school I, I didn't want her to know because she probably come over there and it's some, some bad things she was going into the school compound. Alright? And so because of that, I kind of, like, inside of me, I kind of had this respect for my father. And here's the thing. My mother couldn't read. Right? And my father, so because my father is educated, and I, used to, I used to feel like, boy, yeah, my father is, you know, he is the exemplar. He is this. And for some reason, I, I walk with that thing like, you know, I love my mother, but there's a certain level of respect I have for my father that I don't have for her. Until I got old, I, I, I realized this. That regardless of how she acted, I don't respect her based on how she behaved. But based on the fact that God has put her in authority over my life. What am I saying to you? There are many of you who you probably respect your mother more than you respect your father. Because your mother was there for you. That's not what God calls you to do. Some of you may respect your father because your father was there and your mother wasn't there for you. And, and stuff. That's not what God calls you to do. God says, honor your mother and your father. He didn't say if they treat you good. So some of you need to go back and apologize to them because you don't have the kind of respect you ought to have for them. And it shouldn't matter. Now I know some of you are not going to agree with me. But if we were to really treat people and respect people based on how none of us would deserve respect. 
We respect people because they are put in position by God. And they are ordained by God. And we are obligated by God as believers. So the next police officer I see, regardless of what the newspaper say, I show them the utmost respect. Because they are in that position. Call them corrupt, call them whatever you want. But they are in a position and an office that they ought to be respected. It's a sin against God when you rebel against your parents. So submit to their authority, young and old. Right? The other thing is that children, you have to obey your parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your mother and your father, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on earth. You want to live long? Honor your mother and your father. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she's old. I know some of you right now, boy, you don't really want to be around your mother because you, you, you upgrade now your iPhone 9 and your mother is Nokia 3310. So you, you feel like, okay, you're, you're all that right now, but, but you don't know she carried you for nine months and you don't know that she had to breastfeed you. You may not like how she look now and you think like she, 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 she's not up to par and think, well, well, if you look so good, go and take care of her. Bring her up to par. No, no, no. Don't know that. Maybe you are the cause of her stress. Maybe the reason why she, she looked the way she looked is because you were a major stress to her emotions growing up. You were a major stress to her mind growing up. And so she's just stressed out because you were full of stress. I know you want to, you want to leave her because she's, she's not up to par. You see, you have a washing machine. She, she had to use her hand. You see, you have a gas stove. She has to cut wood. You, you don't understand. You see, you, you, you just use um, Fabuloso and bleach. You see, you see, your mother had to use polish and coconut brush to clean the floor. You, you, you see, your mother had yard, mar, um, marl in the yard. That's what they call it. So she had to throw out water and, and dust up the place and thing. She had to walk and catch water for you to bathe. You, you don't understand. So, so these things take an effect on people. And sometimes we are embarrassed because of how our parents are today. Honor your mother and your father. As children, you are to obey your parents. This is the command of God. And when you obey your parents, you are fulfilling the command of honoring your parents. Amen. So I want us to make a commitment before God as a family or as families want us to ask God for the ability to raise up our children in the way God wants them to be. And that is to be the best children. The best children that they can be. And maximize the potential and, and, and reproduce Christ-like character in them. Amen? So, I want you to stand to your feet. and I want to pray for families this morning. I, I want to pray for you. I mean, and I want to encourage some of us, right? It is Mother's Day. Maybe you've called and said, Happy Mother's Day to your mother. Maybe you don't feel like you should call her. Um, but honor her. Honor her because God says we should honor a mother and her father. Amen? I want to end with this. Now I'm going to pray. David an amazing story of, of King David because Goliath by this was defying the armies of God 
Goliath was causing major turmoil, turmoil sorry, in life. And all of the so-called elites in life couldn't do anything about it. All the mighty warriors and mighty soldiers couldn't do anything. All the, the expected resources of that time couldn't do anything about Goliath. And then the forgotten one, the one that no one really cared about, the one that no one remembered, that one, David, in the nick of time, God brought him out of obscurity and brought him into prominence to deliver, listen, a people. The same thing happened to Joseph. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Um, you, you know, imagine how Jacob must have felt seeing how his mother tricked his father to treat his brother better. And then Joseph had to go back and even apologize to his brother because of that. What's the, what's the point of all of this? Sometimes our lives are so messed up and our parents can't see God's purpose in it. But God, in the nick of time, will bring you forth from that messed up place to bring forth change. And that change sometimes affects even your family. In other words, you the outcast, you the what they call the black sheep, you the one who is a stepchild, sometimes is the one that God uses to deliver that family. And we should never walk with any ill will. You know, sometimes we feel like, well, I, I don't, I'm not supposed to help them. No, God, God has put you in a position now so you can go back and deliver them. Because Joseph said to his brother, no, no, it wasn't you. You meant it for evil, but God. You see, maybe your parents meant it for evil, your brothers meant it for evil. But God was using it to prepare you. So one day, he would use you to deliver your family. So come on, just tell the person beside you, so get over it. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning, and we bless you. I thank you for every mother in this room, and every father, Lord God. I thank you for grandparents, and for guardians. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us the courage to be godly parents parents who pray for our children parents who discipline our children in the Lord and in moral values parents who are good godly role models for our children parents who teach our children Lord God give us the courage Lord God to, to live our lives in such a way that we will uh, make disciples of them who make disciples. Lord God, I pray for sons and daughters, young and old, that we will respect the authority of our parents. Because they didn't choose us, but you, choose, you chose them, God, for us as children. And so you have called us to honor them. May we show them the honor that is due to them, Lord God. And may we, for, for the younger ones, I pray that they will obey their mothers and their fathers. God, it may seem difficult, but I pray that they will obey and receive the blessings of the Lord. I pray that you'll raise up men and women in this room this morning who will bring forth real change in Jamaica, that we will go beyond caring for our own children and look at the neighbor's children and that other person down the road. Wherever we can make an impact, may we begin to make an impact and take a stand for the kingdom so that indeed, Jamaica, we can sing the anthem. Indeed, that says, Eternal Father, bless our land. 
and guide us with your mighty hand. Lord, I pray that we will live the anthem out by changing people's lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, and we we honor the mothers today and we give you thanks for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, clap your hands for Jesus. Amen. Amen. So remember, what you're going to do, I want you to help me by anything you hear this morning that makes sense. Teach somebody else. Amen. Come on, tell the person beside you it was good seeing you this morning. Just say to them, just say to them, listen, you look, you look so good. Whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. Come on, just clap your hands, come on. We are the so I'd say, you know what I'm going to Jesus,